Born in 1592 in the Highlands of Scotland, and he is still alive. He is immortal. Constantly facing other immortals in combat to the death, the winner takes his enemy's head. And with it, his power. We know the truth about immortals. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan MacLeod, the Highlander. And welcome into Let's Watch Highlander. This is Let's Watch Highlander, Season 6, Episode 5, Patient Number 7. If you've been able to follow all that, uh, then you know that uh, we're here to talk Immortals and with you every week, as we always are. I am Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis over there. That's the Audie Norman. Audie, how are you? Doing doing good. Doing a lot better than last week. Good. You sound better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Feeling better too. There's just that little bit that just doesn't want to let go. Yeah, yeah, but you don't sound like you have one of those little trial size packs of Kleenex just jammed into your nose, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. improvement. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just waiting for spring to to show up at some point here and start thawing mm-hmm. things out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, then it'll just That'd be, be nice. wet for a while, but mm-hmm. I can handle that as long as we start getting into like the 50s and 60s again. <laughs> Sure. I'm I'm done with the cold weather. Mm, I can imagine. Uh, we got a actually an interesting episode this week. Um, yeah, I remembered it as I as I started watching it. I remembered seeing this one before. It's got actually a favorite moment of mine that we'll we'll discuss because I I, okay. I think it's I think it's hilarious and it's just like the right brand of dumb humor. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a it was a surprisingly uh, good episode. I, I I shouldn't say surprisingly good. It was uh, my memory of the episode was that it was meh, and uh, and I actually think I enjoyed it better this time around. Mm-hmm. This this one was a good one and got got me thinking about what what could have been or what could be. Yeah. For yeah. Hi, for Highlander. Absolutely. Um, so I think before we talk about the episode, though, we got to watch your chronicle. We should listen to that. Oh, heck yeah. All right. 2nd November, 1997. Immortal Kira has been in Paris for the last few months on a detail protecting a judge at the International Court. I know she has a past with McLeod, but they haven't crossed paths just yet. However, something happened, and she disappeared a couple of nights ago. Now I'm hearing over the police scanner that there was a uh, incident at uh, a mental hospital with someone matching her description. There, that can't be a coincidence. More than likely, she'll get the Highlander involved in whatever is going on with her. So we open up at a hospital, and uh, there's an orderly who looks suspiciously familiar. We'll get to him later. Um, okay. Bringing the meds in for a patient. He's talking to the duty nurse, the, du- the nurse at the duty station. Uh, mentions patient number seven and they're like oh that one's got amnesia and apparently having amnesia also makes you catatonic because she was just laying in bed catatonic i don't i I don't think they understand how amnesia works um yeah so the the orderly pushes the card in there and gets a little creepy little handsy little not cool um and while that's going on we see a couple of guys walking into the the hospital and it's france so no one questions the guy smoking in the hospital. Right. 
they they walk up uh they get to the duty station nurse and they just shoot him and keep going they grab a file yeah. and they keep walking and we keep cutting from them back to creepy orderly and his hands and uh eventually they kick in the door to that room to which he's like you know oh i wasn't doing any no, no, and they just shoot him <laughs> right immediately one of the few times where I'm like an innocent bystander who kind of got what was coming to him. Yeah, he was a bystander. He was not very innocent, that's for sure. Um, right. And the two guys then walk around. Uh, they look at the woman laying on the bed and are ready to shoot at her when suddenly she wakes up out of her catatonic state, fights mm-hmm. them off, both of them, uh, and then books it out of that hospital. Yes, she does. And she runs out of the hospital. Now the police are looking for her. There's two dead people in the hospital. Um, the next day, she wakes up in an, under a, like an overpass. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just a young girl with her little stuffed bunny uh, that's just kind of hanging just out. happens to be playing under the overpass yeah. like you do. You know, poking her with a stick. And here's this yeah. woman in just nothing but a hospital gown laying there. She can't remember her name. She knows nothing about herself. She's very confused. We cut to a house, and there's a guy waxing poetic about taxidermy. And uh, getting the eyes right is always the hard thing for him to do. Uh, and, and slowly we reveal that he's the general, uh, General Vladich, and he uh, mm-hmm. is the superior to those two guys we saw in the hospital. And he sent them there to kill her. And he's very upset that they failed. They show, her, they show him her file. And he's like, oh, she has amnesia. Well, this works in our favor because she's like a wounded animal. It'll be easy to hunt her. So he's some kind of, not only a general, but probably been a hunter at some point, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Big game hunter, you know, that type. Right. Uh, And so we see her take clothes from like a a line hanging outside and shoes because when, you know, you just hang shoes on the clothesline like everything else. Oh, sure. Um, And while she's doing that, um, she, she runs off, she gets dressed and, and heads into Paris. She goes into, into the city and she starts having some flashes of kind of what's happened before she lost her memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, really all we see is the face of the guy in the hospital, a gun, uh, that's about it. Um, you know, some gunshots like in her memories and all this. And then she, as she's walking along, she sees a man pull out a briefcase and go to reach for his cell phone. And suddenly she thinks she sees a gun, so she attacks him, knocks the yeah. cell phone out of his hand, and then immediately is like, oh, I, th- I'm so- I thought it was a gun. I don't know what's going on, and like runs off to a park. Right. And she, she gets to the park, and there's a, a man with a little newsstand, and he's speaking Arabic, and she starts to talk Arabic to him out of nowhere. And he's like, wait, you mm-hmm. speak Arabic? And she's like, I think so. She, she, I mean, she's still, she has no memory of anything. So a lot of the stuff she's doing on instinct. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, oh, yeah, I'll take one of those newspapers. When he turns his back, grabs a couple of Mars bars, stuffs them in her pockets. Um, but when he sets the newspaper down, he sees a drawing, you know, a, a police sketch of her face on the newspaper, which freaks her out. Yep. She starts to leave. He notice the guy notices it and is grabbing for his phone. So she again, has another kind of freak-out moment, kicks his newsstand over. <laughs> the thing just disintegrates. Yeah. Uh, and runs. So now she's running, and he's yelling for the police and all this kind of stuff. Then we cut to Duncan. He's walking down the street when he feels mm-hmm. an immortal. And 
who comes around the corner? It's this girl. And he immediately recognizes her. And he says, yeah. Kira, how are you? And she's like, I don't know who you are, and runs away. Yeah. <laughs> because at this point, she's just like a scared rabbit running from everything. Mm-hmm. So Duncan chases after her. Um, he right. eventually catches up to her, trying to explain he's not here to hurt her. I love the the line of, well, why are you chasing me? Because you ran. Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually convinces her enough to come with him because the other option is the police where they hear the sirens coming. He's like, look, it's me or them. You, you choose. And right. she goes with him. So now they're kind of under one of the bridges by the, by the river, somewhere probably near the barge, but not at the barge yet. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out what she can remember at all. He's telling her her name is Kira. She's like, okay, that doesn't help at all. It doesn't ring any bells. She starts, she has a couple more flashback kind of memories of gunshots and somebody getting shot and all of this stuff. And it's freaking her out. And uh, a body on the floor. She remembers being in a hospital room. Um, Mm -hmm. She's ready to bolt. And Duncan's like, where are you going to go? You've got no money. You've got no ID. You don't know who you are. And she asked why she should even trust him. He's like, because I'm here and you got no one else. Yeah. Uh, he calms her down enough that they sit down and have dinner on the barge later. And by this point, he's told her about immortality, who she is, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. She doesn't buy any of it, but she's drinking wine like crazy. She's just sucking that mm-hmm. stuff down. Um, but uh, she doesn't she doesn't buy the immortality angle at all. Right. And and then she's like, so you're telling me that we've known each other for 400 years. And he's like, well, it's more like 350. <laughs> and then but we yes. get a flashback. So we come out of the flashback, and she's still not convinced that they know each other or mm-hmm. that, as Duncan has told her, they were lovers. Well, Duncan's like, you've got, you've got a birthmark on your thigh. Like, okay, that's fair. Like... In the, in the scheme of, like, let's find something that only somebody who's done what I've said we've done would know. There you go. So yeah. that's enough to convince her that at least he knows who she is. And they, right. they were probably together at some point. And he's like, look, we stayed friends. It was one night thing, and then after that we were friends. But I haven't seen you in over 100 years. And she still doesn't buy the immortality thing. She's still, right. like, on the fence about that. Um but she, she decides she's going to go out and find out more information. So she goes wandering the city. Apparently has a few more flashbacks to, to um, like uh, stuff she saw outside of a house. Um, mm-hmm. Carvings, stone carvings. So she heads there and the two guys that uh, the general has been sending, he's, he's told them to go wait for her there. So right. she gets to the house and they're sitting outside waiting for her like they're supposed to, listening to some rock music. Uh, she sneaks <laughs> past them and climbs up a, not even a fire escape. She just climbs up like the side of the building. <laughs> yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, gets inside and then all the memories flood back. Yeah. She's inside that house. Everything's comes back. She was assigned to protect a judge from an international court, but over mm-hmm. time she fell in love with him. So not only was she protecting him, but then she became involved with him. She told him about immortality, her immortality, mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff. 
he was trying a case of General Vladich, who is also an immortal, we find out. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she wanted to take his head, but Richard, the judge, convinced her that his crimes were against humanity, and humanity is who should who, who he should have to pay to. Right. Um, so they've put Vladich away. They're getting ready to head off on a month away, uh, not worrying about anything. When she gets a phone call, she goes to answer it, and there's a knock at the door. And before she can react, it's Vladich and his men. They bust in the door. They shoot Richard, killing him, and then turn mm-hmm. the gun on her, and she runs. So that's what Literally led to her. out the window. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like falling out the window. And that's mm-hmm. what led to her amnesia. She was blocking, she was repressing those memories because mm-hmm. she blamed herself for Richard getting shot. She wasn't doing her job as a protector, as a bodyguard. Right. So, uh, knowing what happened now, she finds one of her guns inside the the house and she sneaks back down to the car where Zepp and Laszlo, the two uh, mooks, are sitting listening to more more music Mm -hmm. and gets the drop on him, shoots Laszlo through the Mm -hmm. door. Right. And then tells Zepp, take that to Vladic, tell him I want to meet. Go now. And so Zepp takes off. Um, and she goes back to Duncan. She's got her memories back now. Duncan can tell because she, mm-hmm. she comes back wearing all black, looking, looking hardcore. And, right. uh, she explains that, um, she needs to go after Vladich, uh, and who, who she has to go after, what happened, how, mm-hmm. you know, she, she gives Duncan the Cliff's Notes version of what had gone on. And, right. And, well, uh, and Duncan at, knows a little bit after reading stuff in the paper about what's gone down. So mm-hmm. she just fills in the pieces from her side and it's like, okay. Yep. And uh, so the one thing she does ask of Duncan is if she doesn't come back from this and he happens to cross paths with Vladich to finish it. And he's like, already done. He's, yep. he's all for it. So she goes and she takes care of his men pretty easily. Um, mm-hmm. and pretty hardcore. Like she throws them both off the roof of the house, off, yeah. the, off the observatory, um, gets inside, confronts Vladich, uh, and then they fight. Um, and they have a, their sword fight. She takes his head yep. back at the barge. Duncan comes back and says, Oh, well, it's nice to see you again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she is happy. She's she's happy that she was able to get justice for Richard. And I do like her right. line where she says, it's not the type of justice he would have wanted, but it's the justice he deserved. Yep. And now she's going to be on the run because the cops are going to be coming looking for, for her to ask questions about what happened. She doesn't want to answer them. So she says, look, I'm just going to have to go. And she leaves mm-hmm. Duncan. And that's how the episode ends is her walking away. Yeah. All in all, a pretty, pretty, uh, it's got a tropey plot, but I thought it was a pretty decent episode. Yeah, I thought so too. For um, sure. Definitely what makes this episode are the special guests, and uh, I think we talk about those now. Heck yeah. But I don't think Exactly. She- you follow orders. I want this girl dead. And I want you to bring me her body. Start using your eyes to find her now. Maybe I decide you don't need them anymore. Special guest this week. So Alice Evans plays Kira. Mm-hmm. She is another, just like Alex, 
was um, a couple of episodes ago. This was another of the uh, possible spinoff candidates. And uh, Alice Evans, it was uh, mid to late 20s, about 26, I think, at the time that this was made. Fairly young. Mm -hmm. This is only like her third credit. And the first time she had done anything uh, on screen in English. She had done two credits before this, and they were both uh, French. Um, oh, dang. She was born in New Jersey but raised in, in England with in, by English parents. Sure. Um, I thought she was pretty good, honestly. Uh, yeah. She's really the star of this episode. It, there's very little Duncan mm -hmm. in this. It's mostly her. Um, right. And I, I did like her. Okay, tell me, though. This I'm going to give you two names. This is who she reminded me of was sort of a not so much in performance, but her look made me think of a, a cross between Jodie Whittaker and Anna Paquin. Yeah, I could see that just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and, you know, I, th I thought she was pretty good. I, I think just like Alex, I thought that she carried the episode really well. And mm -hmm. the type of character they were trying to do with her, I thought was good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> it's interesting that they went with the whole um, amnesia aspect. But once you figure out what happened, that makes a lot more sense. And like, you know, when Duncan's explaining it to her, you know, it's it's a thing that happens. It's probably short term. It's like, oh, yeah, it all makes sense. And she did all of that really well. And then once she got her memories back and who she really was and like really taking control. Yeah, she did really good. Yeah, I, I thought she was a really uh, confident character when once she had her memories mm -hmm. back and without them, you would get those. It was an interesting use of amnesia. Amnesia is always a weird trope to use in a, in a mm -hmm. movie or a TV show anyway, because it's very rarely ever really like what you would see in a movie. Um, right. But here, the way they were going about it was a form of like basically repressed memories. The trauma mm -hmm. of what had happened was so much that she just blocked everything out. And then you right. would get those little, those instinctual things. Like when she grabs the bowl mm -hmm. from, from Duncan on the barge and she recognizes what it is. Right. And when it was from, and then her reaction to that, like, why would I know that? Because she's, mm -hmm. she's still trying to figure out just who she is at all. Right. So, and before they even sent the goons to the house, she walked by the house once and recognized it enough to think that that looks familiar. Like mm -hmm. they didn't do a whole tropey uh, super uh, figuring out memories, just her looking at it and recognizing it. And that was enough. And I was like, okay, she, she knows this place somehow. That's going to come back, right? And sure enough, it did. Yeah. Yeah, and then for her to have everything flood back kind of at once, the way mm -hmm. that it did, and the the emotion of that followed by um, stealing her resolve and saying, that's it, I'm putting an end to this now, fit the character too. Because mm -hmm. when we meet her in the flashback that we'll talk about, she's very much like on her game, knows what she's doing, hardcore. And so you know she's been that for a long time. right? And when she met Richard and the way she describes Richard to Duncan of just being this, this morally upstanding, just mm -hmm. right, righteous, good person and how much she admired that. And then that's, that's led to her falling in love with him. 
softened her enough that she let her guard down and she feels as though that was her mistake and that's what right. caused his death. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting character and I would be curious to see had they gone with her for the Raven, how that would have gone because oh yeah, now you pick it up with her. She's on the run, right? She's, she's not, mm-hmm. she's got to keep a low profile, uh, all that kind of stuff. And like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, she did a, a great job holding her own with Adrian Paul. Like they had a good chemistry. Oh, definitely. And then with, you know, once she's got her memories back and he's like, ah, oh, see her back. And she's like, yup. <laughs> and they both know exactly who she is. Yes. And she's like, and I love the interaction of like, all right, I'm going after him. If, that, if this doesn't go the way, will you take care of him? And he's like, I'll make it a point. Just that, that interaction of them. Again, I love when they do this, when you have uh, somebody who Duncan knows who is an equal to Duncan. Like th- at no point does he make a move or say anything that he needs to help her or defend her at all. Yeah. And she's just like, if, if this doesn't go my way, just put this one down. He's like, will do. Yeah. Yeah, there is very much a... a a high level of respect from Duncan for her. Mm-hmm. And I really, I'm with you. I really liked the fact that never once was he like, I can do this or you can't handle uh, Vladich or any of that. She was like, no, it's Vladich. I got to go. And Duncan just like, mm-hmm. do it, go for it. I'll, I'll be cheering you on and taking care of business. If you, if it all goes wrong for you, but I'm not going to get in your yeah. way because he knows better. Right. Um, we also had Michael Halsey as uh, General Vladich. He's mm-hmm. more of a plot point than anything else. Um, yeah. His performance was fine. He was, you know. Sure. He was a bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. I liked giving him the quirk of kind of the big game hunter. At least gave him yeah. a little bit more depth. Like, you kind of want to know a little more. Mm-hmm. Because we know he's an immortal. That's it. That's all we know right. about him is... And, that, and that's not even something we find out until later on. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a... It, like, you could easily have had his character not be an immortal. I mean, he's basically mm-hmm. an immortal so that Kira can have a quickening. Right. Um. But at the same time, like, making him an immortal and the big game hunter aspect of it and the taxidermy thing, along with being mm-hmm. a general and apparently a butcher-type warlord, right? Uh, gives him enough surface level that you're curious about who the character Mm -hmm. was. Um, And I appreciate that they do enough, uh, shorthand of him that when, when, when Kira comes back and explains that they were going after Vladik and Duncan immediately knows the name and who he is. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and he says it in a way that immortals say each other's names, not just, oh, I happen to see this guy in the news. And so it's just that quick little shorthand. You're like, okay, he's an immortal. This is bad. Yeah. This yep. is a good, like, this is, a, this is a situation that this show is made for kind of thing. And, and this is how you do that type of character. When you're going to have a character that's very paper thin mm-hmm. and very two dimensional on screen give us context clues as to who he is because right obviously you don't have enough you don't have enough time to flesh the character out and we're not going to see him again because he's killed off so mm-hmm. giving us the context clues is enough to make him at least interesting on the page 
So right. that works. And, the, you know, they gave him the hunter's aspect, which, you know, gives him a little bit more juice. And it's just enough. And, he, again, he's one of those bad guys that is not the super mustache twirly, but you know he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's no and question it, about that. And then, like, the whole immortal aspect, I was like, man, what what else could have made me think he's immortal? Well, every time he's talking to his goons, he's like, kill her and bring me the body. Yes. And that makes much more sense now. It's like, bring me the body so I can take the head mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Steve Lyon was Zep, and I bring him up because he was kind of the more prominent villain, even than, mm-hmm. uh, than Vladich. But also, um, Steve Lyon was a was like a male model for a long time. You can kind of see it. Uh, he's got yeah. that look about him. But you know who he reminded me of? Is that? Alan Richson, which if you've seen Reacher, or yeah, a little bit, or uh, a little also bit. he was Hank Hall, uh, aka Hawk in uh, Titans. But he's got a little bit of that look. Okay. Yeah, he's a little bit like I don't want to say thinner as in skinnier it's just he's not as broad as richardson is right oh yeah yeah, i definitely see that same same kind of frame and stuff yeah same frame same kind of similar facial structure Uh uh-huh just an older version of him so but you know he's there to be the muscle he was fine um Mm -hmm. i can't tell if they dubbed his voice or not his accent was silly but yeah he definitely got the best death I think because she gave him oh. the, the opportunity to apologize and he just unapologetic. Like, uh uh-uh, uh, no. And so she's like, well, all right, fine. Go bye. off the side of the building. Um, and then one last one I got to mention is Emil uh, Abasolo Mbo, who mm-hmm. was Jocko, the orderly. Right. The creepy and orderly. The creepy, creepy orderly. And the reason I bring him up is he was Luther back in season two. Yeah. And as soon as he I came on that. screen, I was like, that's Luther. But he looked different because he'd aged a couple of years and he didn't have mm-hmm. um, any facial hair or hair at all. Right. And so I was like, but that that's him, isn't it? And it was. So coming mm-hmm. back, one of our uh, former evil immortals got to have a second go at a Highlander episode. And this time he plays an even creepier character. Yeah. So, Both times gets dead. Yes. Deservedly so. Uh, but really mm-hmm. good, really good work out of Alice Evans here. Um, I oh, put yeah. her, I'd put her right on par with that, with that character of Alex from a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And definitely could, someone who could have carried a, a series on her own. I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, but we have a flashback in this episode too. Yeah, we do. Oh, just forget it. Just forget it. Fine. You want to run? Go ahead. But where are you going to go? You've got no money. You've got no ID. You don't even know who you are. I don't know who the hell you are. Why should I trust you? Give me a reason. Give me one good reason. Because there is no one else. So we have one flashback in here. It's in France in 1640, 350 mm-hmm. years earlier. Um, yeah. I like how it opens up. Duncan's at an inn having dinner. And uh, mm-hmm. he feels an immortal. And in walks Kira. To which the whole inn stops and watches her come in. Yeah. And she takes her hat off. She's wearing the garb of the queen of France. And there's a couple of... And not... Oh, go ahead. Not necessarily ladylike garb either. No. She is dressed like a soldier. Mm -hmm. Uh, She sits down, orders some wine, sits down, and uh, a couple of gentlemen start to give her a hard time. Mm -hmm. And this was the one moment where Duncan tried to do the Duncan thing. 
right? They start to yeah. say something and he's oh, like, yeah. he stands up and does, you know, hey, you better not talk to the lady like that. And she stops him. And she's yeah. like, <laughs> don't worry about it. The lady can take care of herself. And he's just like, sits down and goes back to his meal. <laughs> like, yeah. My name is Paul and this is between y'all. And mm-hmm. the the two men uh, work for Cardinal Richelieu. And mm-hmm. uh, she goads them into a fight and then just mops yep. the floor with them. Just takes them, takes them right out. Uh, While Duncan just stands up, sits back, and keeps drinking. <laughs> yep, this keeps going at his wine. Uh, so she gets done uh, dispatching the two uh, ne'er-do-wells and kicks them out of the inn and then asks for a room, to which Duncan replies, eh, sorry, room's been taken. I'm willing to share it, though. Mm-hmm. Strictly. Honorable of circumstances, course. of course. Uh, strictly honorable, Lord. <laughs> and then they go in, the two of them, she she flips him a, a coin as her share of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the two of them in the room. There's only the one bed. Right. And she's pulling out like a couple of pistols, a knife, a sword. <laughs> and he comes in and they proceed to flirt gratuitously for the next few minutes. Yeah. Um. Before finally Gosh, settling when, settling into bed. When they get on either side of the bed and they, they switch the shot so you see how wide that bed is, I was like, there's no way they're both fitting in that bed. <laughs> yeah. Good I know. Lord. It was like barely a barely a uh, full-size bed. Mm-hmm. And um, they eventually, uh, dur- during all their flirtations, uh, settle down into the bed. Uh, Duncan does get poked by a stiletto um, mm-hmm. that she had. Uh, and then they keep flirting and keep flirting and end up spending the night together. Yep. This whole scene, the whole thing I thought about was, okay, I get it. She is the female version of Duncan McLeod. Yes. Yes. Because she's the one that initiates like, Duncan, are you asleep? Yep. It's like, and it's just like, it's, okay, okay, go for so it. It's so silly, but it's perfect. Like, she is the mm-hmm. female version of Duncan McLeod, which is why they work together for, uh, like, they were able to be together for a night and then stay friends yeah. after that. Because mm-hmm. that that relationship would have exploded had they tried to stay together. Probably. Probably. Um, but it's like, a the, the flirtation was just so good. Like, mm-hmm. it's honestly one of the better written bits of flirtation that I've seen, and certainly in this show. Um, oh, sure. Because they both know what they're talking about, but they're both trying to play it coy, and it's so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the uh, the double entendres going on through that conversation. I was just like, give it a break. Just just do it already. And and with Duncan, you know, it's, it's 1640, so he's still carrying his Scottish accent. And, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so good. I I may or may not have captured part of that as a, as a clip. Um, nice, because you know your French toast stabbers are are fine for some, but they're a bit puny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun little flashback because it gives us mm-hmm. a good background on Kira on Duncan. It's really what the most that Duncan does in the entire episode is flirt with her. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but it's, it's good background on her. It doesn't take away from the current day story really at all, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you put it perfectly. She's the female Duncan McLeod. Like yeah, in all the ways much. that, in all the ways that Amanda is an equal to Duncan, she's very different from Duncan. Yes. And she, she is, she is Duncan's opposite. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas Kira is Duncan's equal. Yes. Yeah, and very similar to him in so many ways, and it was mm-hmm. just it was just great to see. So yeah. definitely a worthwhile flashback. Yeah, and like like we typically say with good flashbacks, just the right amount of time, mm-hmm. not too long, not too short, um, and it was just what we needed. I mean, they're swords, of course. What did you think I meant? Oh, well, your French toad stabbers—they're fine for some, but they're kind of puny. You think them small? Oh, they're hardly worth your while. And a Scotsman's weapon, that's another matter. So we still have no Joe, no Mythos, no Amanda. Um, nope. I do... Joe could have been in this episode. Uh, yeah. And it could have worked because of the whole amnesia thing and knowing immortals and knowing, you know... I think if Duncan were more of a pivotal point in this episode, having Joe there would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But but really it being more about Kira, we didn't need that. No. So No. I mean, it would have been nice to see Joe, but yeah, they you didn't need him for this episode at all. Right. Um, we do have a fight and uh the sword fighting there's a couple so there's the sword fight in the flashback in the inn mm-hmm. which uh to me is the better of the two sword fights in in my opinion but i think yeah. part of it is mm-hmm. because that one actually had um uh what's her name um, um alice evans in the whole thing i didn't cuz mm-hmm. the the final fight with her and vladich is fine this was my one nitpick of this episode is you could see they didn't bother hiding the stunt doubles at all. No, not at all. It's at clearly all. stunt doubles doing 90% of the work in that. Now uh, they're really good looking stunt doubles compared to the actors, but mm-hmm. Oh, sure. It, it, they picked a daytime scene and didn't darken it at all. It was clear <laughs> who was doing what. Yes. Cause I, the first shot I saw them, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a stunt double. And then I they got another shot where the camera was in a little bit closer. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're not even trying to hide it. They're just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Stunt guys. Um, and it was choreographed well. It looked good. The quickening was yeah. meh. Like was they, didn't, they didn't have a, a budget for the quickening, so they, they did most of it yeah. in the reflection of the sword. Mm-hmm. And it was just one shot of her um, just kind of doing the silent scream Yeah, during it. So it was... was she- Wish she had gotten a better quickening, especially after Alex a couple episodes ago got that really cool one in the water. Yeah. Um, and they spent some budget on that. I wish I wish they would have done a little bit more for her on this episode. I do too. Um, you know, and the sword fights were short. That's the other thing mm-hmm. that I would say is, again, they don't need to be long. Um, and in this case, I think it's probably fine to keep it shorter because there's less... There's less background that we have as an audience between um, Kira and Vladich. So yeah. we don't need a longer drawn out sword fight. When it's Duncan fighting somebody, no. we kind of want more because we want, you know, we want to see Duncan. Mm-hmm. So. We want to see what he's doing. And there's usually some kind of story to be told. Yeah. This, we don't know what the, we, you know, we know the story is he's bad. She's after him. That's really all we have, so we don't need a whole lot out of the sword fight necessarily to tell us any more about them than we've yeah. already been told. And in fact, having it short like that makes more sense because she's determined and she's just like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not toying with him. I'm just putting him down. Yep. So 
It was good. I, I love I, the line where he's like, uh, you know, talking about being a soldier and something. <laughs> she was like, I was a soldier for a thousand years. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. she's known Duncan for 350, but she's been around at least a thousand. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good episode. It was, you know, this mm-hmm. other, this, another potential backdoor pilot for the spinoff that they didn't go with. Um, it works much better as a kind of standalone episode than it does as a fully integrated Highlander episode, but that's more so because of just the lack of Duncan and any other characters from yeah. that we know already. Right. Um, but that's a nitpick. That's a complete nitpick. Right. Because you can have, if, you can do that and that's fine. Yeah. Well, and because, you know, it's a really good solid episode in season six. If we got this in, you know, season five or four, I would have loved it then and then been waiting to see how she comes back somehow. Right. Um, again, this like with Alex a couple episodes ago, I love that we've got another Highlander or another immortal who's an equal to Duncan, who's a buddy. And then they go away and it's like, okay, so there's potential for us to see that, that immortal again. Mm-hmm. We're not going to because of the nature of where the show goes and stuff. But it's like, I like that we get more people that Duncan knows that aren't just enemies. Yeah. And aren't just Amanda and uh, Mythos. Absolutely. I also liked where we've had a lot of when Duncan runs into women immortals, um, there's so often a romantic history. Mm-hmm. And there was here, but not in the same way that we normally get. And it sort of, you yeah. can tell like it was the, it was the, these were, this is the immortals version of like, they met their freshman year in college, mm-hmm. got along really well, had a fling and then realized, you know what? No, we're just going to stay as friends for, right. for a long time now. And they, because they we kept got that the, relationship. We got the flashback of 350 years ago, but Duncan says it's been a hundred years since I've seen you. So they've been in contact yeah. Yeah, more than just that one time. Mm-hmm. They're both still alive, so it was apparently a good enough meeting. Um, I do have to say, when Duncan cooks her dinner on the barge when she's still amnesic, and I'm just like, Duncan, can you not do anything romantic? Not romantic? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like on the really, barge candlelight. He doesn't have a non-romantic setting, does he? He doesn't. Like he I feel, not. I feel like he would do that for for Fitz if Fitz came mm-hmm. came crawl, came calling up. He'd he'd have a nice, just this wonderful mm-hmm. spread, and it's like, all right, cool. You know, it's just that's Duncan. That's just what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was hilarious, especially with her not knowing who she is. Yeah. And then we get the flashback of how they know each other, and it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, romantic dinner makes a little bit more sense to try and maybe jog the memory a little bit. Okay. But still, it was just so Duncan. It was very Duncan, and uh, you know Duncan never changed, man. Don't. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's a good episode. It's got a charm to it. Yeah. I think Alice um, uh, was really good as Kira, and mm-hmm. I'm with you. She could have carried a series if they'd given it to her. Um, who mm-hmm. knows if it would have done better, as good or better than uh, than what the Raven was? But we'll never know. But I think right. she had given the chance, she could have done it, and her career continued on. She um, ended up. Oh yeah. Starring in uh, 102 Dalmatians for Disney mm-hmm. uh, a few years later, and she's still uh, still acting to today, so she's still doing mm-hmm. stuff. Her and Michael Halsey 
both who played Vladek. Like they're yeah. working actors who have just kept working. Yep. Um, it's funny with him. I was like, I know his face. Where have I seen it? I looked down his list. And I was like, oh, nothing's jumping out at me. And then he did a couple of episodes of Angel. I think that's what jumped out to me. Oh, that could be. He's got so that look he was... too. He kind of looks a little bit like. Um... Oh, who's the actor I always used to conflate with Lance Henriksen? Um, I can find it here because he was in an episode of Fringe. Like, he's not Lance Henriksen, and I uh-huh. clearly know he's not now, but there was a right. time where if I wasn't paying enough attention, I would think it was. Right. Um, uh, McHattie, Stephen McHattie. Okay. He's got a yeah. little bit of a Stephen McHattie, Lance Henriksen, that kind of grizzled, leathery face yeah. thing going mm-hmm. on. Yep. But, yeah, um, I, I this is definitely an episode worth watching. I think it's a step up from last yeah. week. I think last week For was just sure. yeah. so tonally back and forth. And this one, mm-hmm. this episode knew what it wanted to be. Right. And here's the other thing that it made me think of. If you bring a Highlander back as a television series, what if they did it more like this as a, um, oh, what am I trying to think of? I had the word, um, anthology series, where it's not just the one immortal we follow every season, you know? Have this be the episode at the end of the season, and then we follow this immortal through the next season kind of thing. Um. That would be interesting. So have it have yeah. kind of a stable of immortals and yeah, either season by season or a few episodes here, go to check out somebody mm-hmm. there, maybe weave some yeah. kind of a story between all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of interesting. I, I could see that. Because again, Duncan was barely in this episode and it was fine. Like it tied mm-hmm. us to Highlander because it was him and he had this relationship with Kira. But again, he didn't need to do too much. Um, again, Kira could hold her own, and he knew that. So, like when she's like, "I'm gonna go take care of business. If that doesn't happen, you take care of business." He's like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Yeah, so, and I liked what they tried to do with this stuff in season six, because um, mm-hmm. this was kind of a free season for him. Yeah. So they're sort of throwing spaghetti against the wall, seeing seeing if it sticks or not. And uh, right. I'm, I'm cool with that. But yeah, this yeah. is this is one worth watching, definitely. For sure. Uh, next week is episode six, Black Tower. Um, n- no clue. No memory of this by, by the name at all. Um, I'm sure I may remember something by the time it starts, but pff, at this point, mm-hmm. not, a, not a damn clue. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what yeah. uh, what Black Tower is all about. Now, we record this show uh, weekly, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, right here at twitch.tv slash Travis. You can come hang out with us, be like Ace in the chat. Uh, we yeah. see Danny Orr in there every once in a while. A couple people pop in mm-hmm. and out. Um, show comes out on Thursdays, anchor.fm slash Let's Watch Highlander, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, leaving a rating and review um, can help other Highlander fans find us if you don't uh, know them personally. Um, also word of mouth yeah. is great, uh, letting people know if you know people that like Highlander or would just be interested in it, uh, at all, um, send them, send them our show and let them know that you can watch all episodes of the show for free on free V they're commercial. Mm-hmm. There's commercial breaks. They're very short. They don't get in the way mm-hmm. of the show at all. And they do a good job of putting them at the actual commercial breaks. Yeah. I've, I've watched on a, uh, I watched on a couple different free streaming places where it was and free V definitely 
does it the best with the commercials right around the commercial break, like impressively so. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, uh, it's a, it's an accessible show. And if you, if you like genre fiction, um, and you like kind of fantasy, uh, I think it's a worthwhile show. So definitely spread the word mm-hmm. on that. Um, more people need to know, especially given that there's the potential remake coming. Uh, now we have new news because Henry Cavill is no longer involved. Um, Oh, oh, Henry Cavill's just busy with a whole bunch of other stuff. And so um, he is you know, he out. Gets, he keeps getting pulled in every direction. Poor he guy. Really does. Um, he is now out, and the new name attached is one Chris Hemsworth. So yep. I'm interested. I'm very curious to see what, sure. where they go with that. I mean, I was very interested to, to see Henry Cavill do it. I'm, I'm just as interested. I like Chris Hemsworth a lot. Mm-hmm. So he, we'll see. He, I think he went a little Scottish with the Huntsman movies and pulled that off decently. So mm-hmm. plus he's, I mean, like Cavill, he's got the look, he's got the build to do it. Um, he's got the oh, yeah. the chops as far as action stuff goes. And uh, I think he could really have a lot of fun with it. So mm-hmm. I really hope that the, that the Highlander remake gets some traction and they can start working towards something and Stahelski can, can stay on board and get working on it. So sure. Yeah. Hold not hope. Let's hope. Hold not hope that we get to see uh, old Chris Hemsworth with a katana in his hand sometime soon. <laughs> That'd be nice. So, until next week, in episode six of season six, called Black Tower, for Audie, I am Travis, saying, remember that there can be only one henchman falling off of a building. For this episode, anyways. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>